0: Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Level Up, where we discuss the most current and relevant best practices, new technologies, and staffing resources to truly level up your pharmacy career and your practice. And now, get ready to level up. Jake, what's up? Welcome to Level Up. Hey, Ashley, thank you.
1: You know, I'm used to, to being on the other podcast. It's fun to be freeing without having the CE over here. I know.
0: So Jake, if you don't know Jake, uh, he's our game-changer's. producer. Producer. Okay. Sorry. It's fancy. It's a little bit more fancy. So producer, Uh but, um, today we're having him on level up because there's just, there's so much going on here. So why don't you give everyone just like a max two to three liner of who you are and what do you say you do at CE Impact and a little bit about yourself?
1: Two to three lines. That's interesting because I think I could take four lines for each job. Um, (laughs) so at CE Impact, I am the producer of Game Changers, but I'm also the course coordinator, one of the course coordinators uh, for our Community Health Worker Initiative. Um, And then outside of that, I actually work uh, with CPSN Health Equity as the Managing Network Facilitator, a clinically integrated network of pharmacies uh, focused on addressing health inequities in their communities.
0: That's amazing. So do you uh, sleep, Jake?
1: (laughs) You, you asked that when we turned the videos on that nobody else gets to see. My hair is a little bit uh, <laughs> wonky today, but I say that that's just par for the course. Uh, I do sleep,
0: but I do actually get to read a lot of books as well. so Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You, is- you have the best book recommendations of all. Okay. Let's talk about CHW today. So do you mind just sharing a little bit of background? What is CHW and where did the CHW inception come from?
1: Yeah. So CHW is, is community health worker and... It is a a non healthcare trained healthcare worker. Uh, If you ask my friend, Richard Logan, he'll always equate that a a CHW is similar to a social worker though, if you move a social worker from Birmingham to Nashville, Tennessee, they're still a social worker. If you take a community health worker and take them from Birmingham to Nashville, they're now just a worker uh, Mm -hmm. because the, the community aspect is what's so vital about that CHW title they know their communities. And in and, the you know, last couple of years, actually, I've been very, very fixated on just staying in my house, candidly, uh, which we don't have to talk about too much, but you might have gone out of your house and you've seen some people and you've hung out with some people. And, and throughout the pandemic, there's been probably that person you know that knows everything, that can get you what you need, that has that connection. We'll call her Mary Sue. Uh, Mary Sue is essentially a community health worker. They know their community, they know the resources, they know the backdoor entrances, they know the secret handshake to get into the speakeasy in the high school uh, that's been renovated in Huntsville. So so these are the people, it's real, uh, these are the people that know everything and that can help us. But it's not about finding the speakeasy per se, it's about knowing which church gives out firewood so somebody can use it to cook in their wood stove and heat their house it's knowing about which high school sends out students to do woodworking to replace the banisters of your your uh, stairs so you don't fall it's which police office uh, department will pay for a night at a hotel no questions asked for domestic violence uh, victims you know that's the community health worker that knows all of those resources and what's exciting is um, we're teaching those skills To everybody in our class they're getting into the communities they're finding these resources and they're bringing them back to their pharmacy that so the pharmacy becomes this local hub for all of these things the other the other aspect that was a very long answer the other aspect is like where the heck did this start and and i always say san francisco because that's where our textbook is from and that's what our textbook says uh but pharmacy times actually did a wonderful article that we can we can link in the show notes yeah um and and the, the idea of a community health worker actually came out of ancient China as like a barefoot doctor as people integrated into their communities, just walking from house to house helping people. So it has a very, very rich history of just helping people where they are. And what's so much fun about seeing pharmacies have CHWs is that the
0: community pharmacies where people live, breathe, uh, work, play, and die. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because I interviewed Alex Capano from Ananda Professionals last week, or maybe two weeks ago now. And she is not a pharmacist, but she works for this CBD company. And she even came out and said, you know, pharmacists are the most accessible, trust, trusting healthcare professional, but they're grossly largely underutilized. And so what we're doing here is kind of flipping that, using that model and then teaching people who work in the model how to spread their tentacles and go out and support more patients who need it, right? Right, you
1: know, and it, and it's fun. One of the best resources that we have in our communities that everyone always forgets about are local libraries. Mm-hmm. You know, we had mm-hmm. had one person tell us that they went to their local library and the local library did a at-risk youth event every night. And they hosted Dungeons and Dragons, which sounds amazing to me. But at the same time, another library in a rural town in Iowa realized that through the CHW from the pharmacy, that patients had access to transportation. They weren't able to get to the to the big city, if you will, to, to see their healthcare provider. And so the library established, with the pharmacy's help, established a bus route to and from the library to get patients to the big city so that they could go to their doctor's appointment.
0: I love that so much. So where exactly did the inception of the curriculum of CHW come from? Like, how do you take how do you work this backwards? Like you have this idea, you heard about it. It's been happening for hundreds of years. The, the idea of it, and then we create a program or a curriculum to implement it. But what, how do you? Where did you start? <laughs> yeah,
1: so we wouldn't be anywhere without our partners at the Missouri Pharmacy Association and LNS Pharmacy. Wow, uh, L&S Pharmacy is a, a independent pharmacy in southeastern Missouri. Uh, we affectionately call that SEMO. And, and Richard and Tripp, the two pharmacy owners, and their, their amazing team out there, we've got like 12 different CHWs right now with a bunch of pharmacists and three different stores. They do a lot of really cool things. And Richard and – we'll use Richard as our example. Richard's a unique, uh, wonderful person. He's actually in my, my uh, phone book for my daughter as grandpa. So Richard's grandpa. Just so Love you know, it. like He's amazing. And over the years, he's actually been a deputized sheriff and pharmacists in his community addressing the opioid epidemic. He's like one of the only pharmacists that is actually literally a sheriff. He's got his badge and everything to help address the, the opioid crisis. And in that process, he got to see his community, got to know his community. And they often go to um, kind of like public health events or, or things like that, saying, what are their needs? And they realized that they were the only pharmacists there. Wow. and So they're starting to think about how do we do things differently? How do we engage this differently? How do we help these people? And with their work with the Missouri Pharmacy Association and all the great work from, from Annie Eisenbison team, you know they were working with the State Department of Health and Human Services and getting a lot of grant funding to address health inequities, look at the role of the pharmacy differently and, and really expand practice. And they were able to take a, a CDC project called 1815, which every state has as, as fund, funding for chronic medical conditions, specifically diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And they were able to say, let's just take a little bit of that money and see what happens if we cross-train a pharmacy technician as a community health worker. And HHS said, sure, let's see what happens. So the team at LNS Pharmacy developed the content because they had a CHW on staff um, because they realized that was the need in the community. They were at the, all the, the community events hearing about it. And um, so they had one and they started to build it. So we had a framework of content built with this grant through MPA and through LNS Pharmacy. Uh, so we were able to bring that to CE-Impact because the question is, okay, we have this content, what's next?
0: Yeah. Well, we're talking about
1: an independent pharmacy. We're talking about an association at the state level. And we say, well, we have this content that can be used nationally, and we really need a strong educational partner. And so that's what brought CE-Impact on is that none of those, they did like, MPA does CE, but they're not a national CE provider. CE-Impact is. CE-Impact has, you know, PhD-level individuals, with a background in pedagogic methods and educational delivery and adult learning. That's kind of a big deal. And how do we yeah. take that learning and apply it to, to this curriculum, augment it, and then get it out to the masses? And so that's how we brought it to the Impact, and then we ran with it. Um, where we are today, you know, we have launched nine different cohorts. We've trained close to 300 individuals by the end of the year, possibly up to 500 individuals because we're now, uh, we've got some grant funding left over right. and we need to train over 200 people. So we're doing this live event and, and we're taking the course live. It's always been virtual, but now we're bringing it live. So now we have multiple ways to deliver it. The the biggest hurdle we face is that CHW, although it is recognized uh, by the U.S. Bureau of Labor, that's who they are, um, so it's a, a registered Term for an employment, for like this, this person, uh, every state recognizes or credentials them differently, which mm-hmm. creates a bit of a bugaboo when trying to help people nationally. And that, that is the, the work that the C-Impact team uh, and I work on is trying to make sure that we can support learners from any state uh, to take this program.
0: Wow you just interviewed yourself. You know, I had a whole list of questions and you just kept answering your own questions. I'm a storyteller. What can I say? (laughs) I love it. Okay. So let's back up for a second. You might've, you might've mentioned this, but just so I have the whole timeline, how did you come into contact with Richard? Like what, what's the relationship there? How did you get this idea?
1: So Richard Tripp and I are in business together. We, we have a couple of different companies that we work on. So we work closely in this uh, aligned with a lot of those initiatives that we we're working on. And we kind of streamlined the operations I to love bring it. it to yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. makes more sense. So where are we at today? And where do you think that this is going to go in the future? So I guess to to go back to interviewing myself, we've trained about 300 <laughs> yeah. people. Uh,
1: have 200 more coming for the rest of the year. You know, it's amazing. It's so exciting. But boy, is it hard being on every Tuesday night. So, mm-hmm. So where do I think we're going to go? I think we're going to have Opportunity to do this online learning that's 16 weeks long on Tuesday nights from 6 to 8 central, um, probably three to four cohorts a year.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right now we're doing about six to seven, so maybe cut that in half. Not in a bad way. The demand is there, right? Yeah. But it's how do we meet the learners where they're at? And we've seen that there is a a great need for a little bit of in-person learning. And so some states allow us to do on-demand content with in-person learning. And so that gives us more flexibility for for ramping up because we could do a hosted in-person event in different areas every month. Um, So it's hard to say how many cohorts. Uh, I think the big thing is that we are continuing to look at our framework where CE Impact is the hub and we have a bunch of spokes within all these different states and these states are able to deliver this content. Um, it's amazing, amazing material. We have pharmacists that take it, primarily pharmacy technicians. We have some health, public health employees take it. Uh, we've had a couple of dietitians actually take it because it is a foundational course that anyone can take, and so our goal right now is to continue to find ways to get really strong strategic partners like CPESN that mm-hmm. help us uh, expand it in unique ways and find ways to to do it. You know, we've had some sponsorship from the program, from McKesson, from Amerisource, from CPA, which is Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, which is a buying group. And so I think that there's a lot of opportunity for associations, wholesalers, buying groups, to, to find a way to package this up and offer it to their members as a way to give back to their members, help the members get uh, beefed up and ready because, health equity isn't going away. What I've seen from our role as a CIN is every payer pharmacy conversation we're getting into for contracts, health equity is at the forefront of those conversations. For sure, We see the Joint Commission has a health equity data standard. Mm -hmm. We see uh, CMS is rolling out a health equity index, uh, which is going to be CE. We're seeing impact in February. Trip and I are going to be doing that for the team. So there's a lot of information about how are we addressing health inequities, not just through the identification, but the but the, the resolution of things that are identified. You know, when I work with pharmacies, uh, I say, do you offer delivery services? And, like, everybody says yes. And I say, okay, stop calling it that because nobody wants to pay for a delivery service. People will pay for access to care, which is a social determinant of health. Great. So we're coaching our pharmacies to stop saying you do delivery services, you do access to care. In fact, we have one pharmacy in California. They, um, their delivery driver drives out with a pack of cards. And over the course of five months, they play poker with their patients, because everybody gets a card, and they're playing poker over the five months.
0: Oh, so not I love only California I love it.
1: Right? <laughs> not only yeah, cause you guys are gambling, apparently, that's legal there. <laughs> uh, not only are you addressing access to care, you're now technically addressing loneliness. You've got a group yeah. of people together and you're talking to them and you're making them feel engaged, both of those are social determinants of health. Loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day on health outcomes. Sure. So there's just so much that we can do. You know, one of the things that we're, we're fighting for, and, and we're recording this uh, right before I actually fly out uh, to Spokane, Washington, to, to propose and advocate and hopefully get people to, to agree upon the development of a health equity data standard with NCPDP. We need to codify all of this data. I don't have an NDC code or a CPT code associated with playing poker with right. our patients. But that's addressing loneliness, which is addressing the health inequity crisis, which is addressing the CMS health equity index. Sure. It needs to get captured somewhere. So there's a lot of robust data that's happening. This is a big movement. And and what we're doing is trying to find a way to put an SDOH expert in the pharmacy to address
0: these inequities. So once someone goes to the CHW program, what are the next steps for that person? So it's state-specific you know, they finish
1: our course, they get 100 hours of CE, they get to have a certificate completion, they throw that on the wall. Here in Alabama, they're a CHW. Yep. If they're in Missouri, yep. they take that certificate of completion and use it in an application to the Missouri Credentialing Board to become a certified community health worker. That's it. just because Missouri asks for credentialing. Alabama right. doesn't. Um, that's step one. Step two is get into the communities and highlight that you're a CHW. You know, oftentimes we'll find out with We were training one person, and she's a technician, pharmacy owner, CHW now. And she was telling me that she was at her public health department, and she'd been at her public health department as a volunteer on their board for the last five years. Mm -hmm. We can bet our bonnets that people know who she was, they know her pharmacy, and they know what she did. Nothing changed other than the fact that she now had a CHW title. And she was talking to them and they're like, what's new? And she's like, oh, I'm now a CHW. And they went, oh, damn. And they all sat back in their chair and said, oh, my God, we have so many ideas. <clears throat> Where were those ideas an hour ago? Right. Apparently, they weren't there because there's this bias of saying you're a technician and you do technician roles. And so the next step when you're a CHW is to just go promote to everybody that you're a CHW and watch the doors open.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So again, do you sleep, Jake? Serious question. Yeah. you want to get really mad at me you want to get really mad i read three books over the weekend what so you don't leave your house okay this is this is this is gonna be an issue
1: yeah no so i read um what did i read i read central park west by James Comey. Not that it was a really good book, but I was able to get a signed version from James Comey, and I thought that was interesting. So that, that is it interesting. Is what did. And then I was able to read uh, The Red Queen, which is an international bestseller out of Spain, and I got a translated version, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. That was actually a lot of fun. And then I read uh, I Swear, uh, Politics is Messier Than My Minivan by Katie Porter, which was really, really good. And I don't know oh, if that you like it. That sounds like a book up my dolly. She, she is the reason we had free COVID testing. Oh, really? She found the federal regulation that said that the CDC was able, during a pandemic, to offer free testing and treatment. And during a congressional hearing, she drilled the CDC director at the time saying, are you going to make it
0: free? Are you going to use this? Are you going to use this? And I have a bunch yes. of those kits in my house still. And my daughter got COVID like a last year. And... I asked the ER doctor, I was like, we ran those kids. And he was like, there's so many different strains now. I'm like, what do I do with these? What do I do with these? I have 10 of them in my house now. So I'm like, oh gosh, got to figure out what to do. So yeah, interesting books. We still took our daughter out
1: to breakfast twice and we hung out with her and we played with her. But it's also like a thousand degrees
0: outside. So I know, I know. That was the exact opposite. What I did this weekend was pool, pool and pool. We just were at the pool. I hear Kindles are waterproof nowadays. Oh, jeez. Oh, you really? I need to invest yeah, in one of them. Okay, Jake. So circling back to CHW. So what is 2024 going to look like for CHW, you think? You alluded to it, but what do you think? So I think that the CHW moniker is how we're going to start to get
1: value-based contracts in a lot of different avenues. Wow. The CHW is, they're the recognized Provider in a lot of state Medicaid Medicare programs as able to document and resolve social determinants of health. Yeah, health inequities are not going away. It is only going to get more and more pressure put on them. And so I see the role of the CHW continuing to be amplified in all areas of healthcare, particularly in us being able to integrate them into pharmacies.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love this, Jake. Kudos to you. You have done incredible work. I've just been working here at CE Impact for the last I don't know eight months ish, and Every week, something new is popping up with CHW, getting more enrollees, getting more sponsorship, more grants, just more opportunities for people to expand their scope of practice and to allow community pharmacists to really be out there doing what we do best and that's serving the community. So we appreciate you. And I see all the hard work you're doing and I know you do sleep but I'm just giving you a hard time.
1: Hi, that's fair. You know, I I appreciate the opportunity to do this and I'll say you say me, but I say it's our team. It is everyone. Um, Jeff reminds me, that I have a face for radio, which then I find very ironic that I am the face of our
0: CHW program. <laughs> you have a good face. Good face. Just go with it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So if someone's interested, someone's listening, we have a ton of community pharmacists out there. What would their next steps look like if they're interested and they want to enroll? Yeah,
1: you know, the, the couple next steps, some of the best ways to go about it would be uh, just go to our, go to our website, Cimpact.com/chw, and really dig into some of the materials and resources that we have there to learn more about it. Our team has done a myriad of uh, CES or interviews with with Pharmacy Times, so there's a lot of uh, resources out there with that big picture. Um, I think the the big thing is that uh, do a little bit of digging, get your hands around it a little bit. Uh, a lot of what we've seen is that this isn't a, uh, it's not a one-off pharmacy type initiative, it is, you can do well one-off, but a lot of the opportunities we see are through networks. And so uh, join your different buying groups, wholesalers, clinically integrated networks, and and use those as opportunities to aggregate around your ability to address health inequities.
0: Yeah. And get out there in the community and we need people doing this work. Appreciate your time, Jake. I know you have to run and go get, you know, go catch a flight and do all your things. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Ashley. Hi, Jen here. I'd like to personally invite you to become a pharmacist by design being a pharmacist by design means you're striving to be the best version of yourself, not just as a professional, but as an individual dedicated to improving patient care outcomes. You can learn more about pharmacist by design at ceimpact.com. And when you use the code level up, you'll get 10% off an already great rate for all the education you want. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week as we help you level up your pharmacy practice.